This morning is uh, really awesome for me. It's a great fulfillment of, uh, I feel like, the, what the Lord has been saying over our church over the years. You know, it was a year ago today we started our prophetic conference, and uh, many of you had some ministry. But it's interesting, uh, today J.J. is going to speak, and this is the first time he spoke on a Sunday, even though you've heard him at Thrive and different teachings. But it's really significant. In a couple of days will be the anniversary that we installed the Galindos as our elders, and we prayed and anointed them. It's really something when a couple uh, accepts the call of God for ministry, and they follow along to do what God has them to do. But it's part of like how I started the service where I talked about Jesus being the head of the church. The church is the place where God raises up people. And as people submit to God and submit in a local church, they're raised up. And some of them become apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers that are then dispensed in other places throughout the earth. But it is the church, is the place, it's the growing ground, it's the home where people find their place. They learn how to submit. We're in a world where everyone does their own thing. And uh, a lot of times Christians become independent and they never grow their potential. They never allow God to do the things that he wants to do in them to build their character. As you read about the different people in the Bible, their character was developed as they submitted sometimes into hard places and under hard people. And so I'm so grateful, Jay, that you are going to speak today. So we just welcome Jay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, am I on? Yes. Let me borrow this chair. Just Thank you. All right. Have a lot of lights here. So we are set. There's a power outage. I am ready. I am ready to go. Thank you, Enoch. Um Good morning. For those Pastor Bruce just introduced me. So you're right. Um Tuesday will be our one-year anniversary, so it's coming up as, as saying yes to, uh, to being elders here at, at Hillside. So I'm, uh, I'm excited, um, I'm grateful, and um, I'm excited that uh, you guys showed up today to listen to the word that God has placed on my heart, and, I'm, uh, and I think let's, let's get started here. The title of my message is, What Are You Waiting For? What are you waiting for? We're going to start with the story um, from a famous philosopher. Um, sitting together, looking rather glum, Linus said to Charlie Brown, Sometimes it seems like life has passed me by. Do you ever feel that way? Charlie looked at Linus and said, No. Life has knocked me down and keeps walking all over me. Can anyone relate with Charlie Brown? All right? That sounds just like him. Well, I know someone in the Bible that can totally relate with Charlie Brown. And I'm going to share with that with you today. Let's pray, though, before we get started. God, Lord, we just thank you for this day, God, that you have made. Lord, we will continue, Lord, to rejoice in it and be glad. Lord, for your word says... When there's two or three gathered in your name, you are there in the midst of them, God. So, God, we gather this morning in your name. God, we come together in this place, Lord. We ask for you just to have your uh, reign over our life, God. As we begin to read your word this morning, God, I pray just protection over our hearts and our minds, God. 
I pray against distractions, Lord, that come in to steal your word, God. I pray, Lord, that the ground will be fertile today, God, to receive your message, God. I pray that it's going to take hold, Lord. And if and the ground's not fertile, God, we just pray against any obstacles, Lord, that would keep it from taking ground, Lord, taking root today, God. Um, God, I just pray even for just a, a, a new revelation, something fresh today, God. We don't want the same old, same old, God. We came here with an expectation, God, to hear from you. And, Lord, I just pray just for you, Lord, to anoint uh, my tongue this morning, God, uh, with your word, God. I want to speak clearly, Lord, and effectively with what you've said and all God's people said. Amen. All right, let's get started. So I'm going to be reading. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 5. My Bible, it's on page 1347. It's the New Testament. It's right after Luke, John, John, chapter 5. We're going to start right at verse 1. Jesus heals a lame man. Jesus heals a lame man. So I'll read. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, the five covered porches, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, He knew he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. My first point, if you have your, um, in the bulletins, there's a little um, sheet of paper there with four bullet points. There's fill-ins, so you guys can stay engaged and uh, listening to what we're doing. The first fill-in is Jesus. Do you know him? It's important that we know who Jesus is. This is all, this is foundational. If we don't know who he is, then the rest of the points are meaningless. So do you know who Jesus is? Do you recognize him? This paralyzed man knew who he was. He recognized him. There was something special about Jesus, right? Because he listened to him. In John 10, 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That was referenced today during the mic time. The sheep hear my voice. Uh, in Genesis 3.8, uh, the Bible says, when, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. They knew him. They, 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 they could recognize his footsteps in the garden. 
Um, when Andrea calls, Andrea's my wife. Um, in fact, we're going to be celebrating 22 years this November 5th uh, of this year, like we do every year. And, um, and when she calls, I, I know I recognize her voice, right? I, I, don't have to, I don't have to say who's calling, or I don't have to. I sometimes like, I like to say in Spanish, uh, hola, quien habla? I don't have to say that. Um, I've lived with this beautiful woman for 22 years now, almost 22 years. So I vacationed with her. I've had dinner with her. I've helped her deliver our two beautiful children. And that was quite an adventure. We, we'll get into that another time. Um, but, um, I, you know, so I know her. I've, I've cried with her. I've laughed with her. I mean, I, I know her. But there are still things that I'm still learning about her, even today. And the same is with Jesus, right? You've got to know him. You've got to recognize his voice and who he is. And so how do you do that? It's pretty simple. But it takes a lot of work. Number one, you have to set time daily to immerse yourself in the Bible. That's number one. Number two, you got to be still. And I'm not talking about the stillness where you go into a room necessarily and you're quiet. I'm talking about um, quieting the mind. And so how do we do that? For people that could be going for a walk. I need to get out of here. I'm going to go for a walk. I need to go for a drive. Um, I need to go for a jog. I go for a bicycle ride. Um, maybe I garden. I go outside. I do, some, I do some gardening or I sew or knit. Whatever that is, something that where you can go and I can just quiet my mind and be still. That's the stillness that I'm talking about. Number three, stop demanding answers. Okay, so... Do you have an agenda every time you go to God? Kind of like think about that relationships. If I had um, an angle, an agenda, every time I went to go talk to Andrea, then I think she's going to, she'll kind of figure it out. Okay, what does he want? Here he comes. He wants something. No, I just, I just want to I I share with you. I just want to talk to you. That's, um, that's what we're talking about here. It's not coming um, with an agenda when you meet with Jesus. My challenge to you would be this. I think just show up with an open mind and a blank slate. And then trust that God's going to nourish us with what we need, and what I mean, He knows what we need. He knows He knows what um, what's best for us. So I think just showing up and then letting Him lead the conversation. That's good. It's letting Him lead the conversation. So um, we need a daily habit of conversing with Him and hanging out with Him by reading the Bible, being still. Pray and speaking to God daily and immersing yourself in his business. All right? After all, you can't hear God's voice if you don't have a personal conversation with him. How could you, how could you hear him? I am talking to him, so I'm, how's he going to speak to me, this creator of the earth? How's he going to speak to me if I'm not in his business? I read an article. It said, if you're speaking with God daily, then you probably know that he places thoughts in our heart and in our mind all the time. Like a sudden urge to call a friend you haven't spoken to in years. Right? Or a desire to support a ministry at church. God, put that in my heart. I feel like I'm, he's calling me to, to, do, to do more at church. Uh, maybe 
even um, write a book, start a business, or step out as a leader in some way. The article said, a feeling that you need maybe to give more or an awareness that an important relationship needs your attention. Those are all promptings from God if you're with him, if you're in him daily. Um, God's voice is powerful. When he speaks, things happen. Absolutely. God can speak things into existence, as it was just said. And if you go to Genesis 1, chapter 1 in the Bible, you'll see that the first um, verses 3 through 26, verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6, Then God said, and then verse 7 says, What he said, it says, and that is what happened. So he said something, and that's what happened. Verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. I like this one. Then God said, let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be um, be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's what happened. And verse 20, 24, 26, then God said, then God said. So there is power in life when he speaks. Absolutely. Like like it was spoken that the creator of this world wants, the creator of this world wants to speak to us. And how do we speak to him? By having a relationship with him. Right? So you need to know Jesus and the power and the authority that are in him alone. And how do you do that? Through a relationship. Point number two, you have to respond. So how do you respond to Jesus' commands? Back to the story. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? So how would you respond to that? Would you like to get well? See, would you say, mm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm all right. I, mean, I don't want to bother you, God. You have more important things to do. There's others that may be needed more than I do. Um, maybe it's not so bad being a lame man or a lame woman. Maybe this is okay. Um, I was even thinking, what was, what was he thinking as he was sitting there at that pool? So it had been, what, 38 years. He's sitting sitting there. It's been 38 years. He's watching that water bubble, right? Every year he's watching it. And what's he thinking? Is he thinking, okay, I'm close to the pool. And what if, you know, maybe I just lean in when the water's bubbling. But what if I don't get the healing? I thought about it. What if I don't get the healing? So I'm paralyzed. If I fall in the water, I mean, I could drown. So maybe he was afraid. And he said, no one's there to help me when the water bubbles. Maybe he's a little bit afraid. What if I don't get that healing? What's going to happen to me? So, or um, maybe he thought, you know what? I'm comfortable right where I am. I'm okay. And Luke, in Luke 11, it says, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and continually observe it. 
So we are, ter- we are told to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. We are blessed when we put his words into action and into practice. All right? I read a story recently about a young woman on a cruise, and she was leaning against the ship's railing, scanning over the clear, beautiful ocean, when all of a sudden she lost her, her balance and she, went, she was thrown overboard. She went overboard. So immediately a figure jumped into the waves and was there with her and holding her up until a rescue boat came. So in, uh, in, the, uh, in, in, in honor of this man's bravery who jumped in there, um, they had a dinner for him that evening. And so the, uh, the, the crowd, the people were just cheering and uh, speech, speech, speech. And they were very energetic. So the, the old man, this actually the person who jumped in was the oldest man on the voyage. He was about 89 years old. He's the one that jumped in. So the old man gets up out of his chair. He kind of looks around at everybody. And he starts walking. And he said, there's just one thing I'd like to know. He said it a bit angrily. All right? Who pushed me? So, so, you know, I mean, but isn't that like us, right? Where sometimes we just need a little push, right? A little push. And it's, it's human nature to even hesitate at times, right? We're like, ugh. If, if you think about it, look at the, a lot of the people in the Bible. They weren't just, hey, send me. I want to do it. We have a lot of biblical heroes who needed nudges at time, right? Gideon. Moses, Jonah, young Mark, John, who left Paul, and the list goes on and on and on, right? They were often called to do something, but they weren't comfortable or even qualified maybe to do it, right? However, they heard God's word, and they responded with a surrender. I'm going to surrender to you, God. Where else do I go where else can I go? You have the words. In, uh, in uh, John 6, it says, uh, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. All right? You are our only hope. So if you respond, what is God going to require you to do? In Romans 12, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship God. And in Exodus, it says, So Moses came and told people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words, these are the Israelites, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. That was their response. We're going to do it, God. So how will you respond? Number three, you have to decide. You have to decide. Back to the story. I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one 
to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Right? Someone else always gets there ahead of me. But if you notice, the lame man didn't answer the question that was asked. Jesus asked him, do you want or would you like to get well? Do you want to get well? The definition of decide, I looked it up and it says, come to a resolution or to a commitment in the mind as a result of consideration. So I've considered what's before me and I have to come to a a resolution or, or, or to a commitment in my mind that I'm going to do something. That's the definition of decide. We all have choices to make daily, right? We, we all make choices daily. In fact, I think that word choice is one of the most important words in the English language is choice. I have a choice. God has given us a free will to make choices. And Joshua 24, 15 says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Right? Would you like... Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You have to make a decision there. You must decide. In Deuteronomy, it says, I'm calling on the heavens and the earth to be the witnesses against you. I gave you the choice today between life and death, between being blessed or being cursed. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Amen. So what happens if you say, yes, I want to be healed? What's it going to look like? Um, What are you going to have to maybe change? All right, back to the story. The guy had been there for 38 years sitting there. So if you're going to the same place for 38 years, maybe um, people come to see them. Okay? So you have maybe people that come here and give him money or food. Um, he might, he obviously um, knows a lot of people that are in, in, uh, in those porches, so he probably has friends there. All right? Um, he, he, uh, he likes, he likes, maybe he likes where he's at. Maybe, you know, he has friends there. He knows he knows this way of life because he's been living that way of life for 38 years, right? He knows how things work in these five porches. He knows, he knows how things operate. Um, it's the only life that he's known. I, I'm, I'm very comfortable here. I've only known this life. Um, if I say yes to Jesus, what is going to happen next? So the fear of the unknown can be paralyzing in and of itself. It can. Just, I, I'm, I'm scared about what's going to happen next. Um, <laughs> I hear somebody's phone going off. Um, maybe I have no skills, right? Who's going to hire me? I don't, I've only know what to do. This is all that I know what to do. Who's going to hire me? How will I feed myself? How will I support myself? Um, change can be hard and scary and very uncomfortable, right? But you don't understand. I have all these benefits that support my lifestyle, that support this lifestyle. 
you know, when I was thinking about decisions, this kind of hit me. And the one that comes to mind almost immediately is this one, what I'm doing right now. This was a decision that I um, was not looking forward to, but almost out of an area of fear. Um, Originally, um, I was um, nervous of what God would would require me to do if I said yes. Would he make me get up here on Sundays and speak to all of you? Yes. Um, And so I was a little bit afraid. I was also afraid of the fiery darts that would come my way or come against my family. And thinking, oh boy, what's going to happen there? Um, And have they come? Yes, they have. And I'm still standing, I'm still here, and we're still alive. There's also a lot of good things that have happened. But there, yes, there have been, uh, there's been some opposition. And, uh, but through God's grace and uh, his love, we're able to push through it, able to move forward. I am through this. And also, um, before the pastors asked if uh, we wanted to be elders, I already knew that it was coming. I knew it was coming because God was already prompting me and telling me and revealing to me that he wanted me to do more. So it wasn't a big surprise when they came and asked. Um, I wasn't shocked. I knew it was coming. God is so gracious. He was preparing me because he knew that I was going to be a little uncomfortable in this area. So he was kind of giving me a heads up and letting me kind of see around the corner that it was coming. So um, do you want to get well? That's the question. What areas in your life need healing? So be thinking about this. Is it physical healing? Uh, Maybe mentally Maybe spiritually, maybe there's relationships that need to be reconciled. Maybe there's relationships that need to be severed, they need to be cut off. That's not good for me. Um, maybe it's changing jobs. Maybe it's finding a job. You know, what is God telling us? Where, you know, what, what do you need to get um, healed from? What's holding you back? You need the mind of Christ when making decisions especially difficult ones. We need the mind of Christ, right? You have to stay connected to the power source, and that power source is Jesus, right? So we tap into the source. In Colossians 3, it says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. And James 4 says, but he gives us more and more grace. And he does through this power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and the haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So, Jesus, I want to say yes to you, God, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, God. My old self is saying no. My mind is saying, how's this going to work? How's it, if, what if I say yes? What are you going to require me to do? doesn't make sense. Um, I don't, maybe I don't want to rock the boat. Right? But God's word says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. All right? So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed, right, and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. I'm going to touch on mature in a second. As you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purposes for you, right? So it's the renewing of the mind, and it's ongoing, and it's, it's an ongoing process. It's something that we do on a daily basis. We have to be connected to him. We want, um, we got to take time to study this word so that we can purposely make good decisions according to what it says, it being the Bible. All right? And number four, I have a sore throat, so excuse me. Number four, it's time to move. That's your last fill-in. It's time to move. It's time to take a step. When Jesus walked up to the lame man and said, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. All right, Jesus told him, back to the story, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And it says, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. You see, Jesus' word works his will. Really, God's commandments are God's enablements. God's commandments are God's enablements, right? The very word rise would enable a lame man, this paralyzed man, to do the impossible. The very word rise enables. And the word enable means to give someone or something the authority or means to do something, right? To give someone or something the authority or means to do something. So, the ver- so rise enables the man to do the impossible. Just because Jesus said it, there would be the power, there would be the authority, and there would be the means to do it. Right? I'm going to say that again. Just because Jesus said it, there would be the power and the authority and the means to do it. All right? So it, this is a command. The command was stand up. It requires us to do something. And um, let's be honest. We don't always want to do what Jesus is asking us to do. Right? It takes effort to move. It takes effort to get out of your lazy boy and to move forward. It takes effort to get up out of your bed on a Sunday morning when it's a beautiful day outside. You're tired. You're sleepy. You just want to... It takes effort to get up and to move, 
right, to drag yourself out of bed and come to church. But folks, we need to kill our flesh. We need to say no. And we need to move out of the safety of our comfort zone. Okay? And how do you kill the flesh? By starving it. You starve it. You deny that piece of it. And when you do that, believe me, it's going to cry out. It's going to scream because it's hungry and it wants what it wants. So in order to kill it, you have to starve it. So there may be a little bit of opposition when you go down that road. Um, Hebrews uh, 5, but before I say that, it's time to take another step in your Christian walk. That's important. Take another step in your Christian walk. Now in Hebrews 5, it says there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics, things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Okay? But it's safe right here where I am. Right? And But safety doesn't always equal comfort. Right? Because um, living in this world means that we're going to see things and we're going to hear things that may make us a little uncomfortable. Right? You get outside these walls and you start to hear things and see things that aren't so comfortable. Right? And, and, and that's okay. It is okay. Because sometimes God places us in situations um, so that we can be a light. So that we can, our light can shine a little brighter. And um, all we need to do is let our light shine. And how do we do that? Loving people. Being calm. Being happy. A gracious behavior. Right? That stands out in a crowd. People start to see that. Um, that that will be a light in a dark place. And in these tough times, God, I think, is calling us to rise up more and more. Um, And as we are the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ, God needs us to be acting on his behalf. He needs us to go out and shine his light into the darkness of this world. We need to believe today in Christ, that you have what it takes not to be afraid and to be a person God can use to change people's lives if you will just stand up and move. All right, so this is an area, again, that's not very comfortable. It's an area where I feel like God, um, it's different for all of us. We all have different places in life. And so you have to say, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? 
Where are you tugging on me? As we're going through these, through these points, we have to say, okay, God, where is it that I am feeling, um, I'm feeling a little uh, vulnerable, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now? Um, Enoch, will you come up? As Enoch comes up and plays some music, I want to ask, I want to re- reiterate these points here. Point number one, this is the foundation. I need to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, well, then you got to start here. And so you have to say, okay, what does it mean to know the Lord? What, does, what do they mean when we're talking about the blood was shed? Where am I? Why is it talking about blood being shed? Like, what's going on? What do these songs mean? What, what are they talking about? Who is, why do I need a Savior? If that's you today, that's, maybe that's where God's tugging at you. you have to, I, I'm going to ask you to do something in a moment. Number two, I need to respond. Where do you need to respond? I feel numb inside. I'm afraid of what he may ask me to do if I respond. I've responded maybe in the past, and I've been burned. I've been burned by people. I've been burned by relationships. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to respond. I'm afraid to see what he's going to do. Um, what If I respond, this was one for me. If I respond, what's he going to, what am I going to have to give up? So um, for me, one of the things I had to give up is, uh, well, one of the things I, I thought I was going to have to give up, I didn't have to, was alcohol. So that's the part that I thought, oh, man, if I accept God into my life and if I do this, what is, I don't want to give that up. I like it. And so God took that away from me when I decided. God does things so differently than, than we can imagine, right? Because his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are, are just out there. If we were God, we'd be trouble. We'd be in big trouble. But we're not. He is. So what am I going to have to lose or change? Is it, um, maybe it's an area of coming out of bondage from and it was both, you know, lust, alcohol, drugs, food addictions, um, maybe changing a job. This job is not good for me, and I know it, but I'm afraid because of the benefits that it has. What if they don't have those benefits at the next place? You know, what are you going to have? If you respond, what's going to happen? Uh, point three, a choice, a decision. God, I freeze up. I freeze up when I have to make decisions. It's hard to make a decision, maybe because the decisions that I've made in the past, they weren't good. I've chose wrong men. I've chose wrong women. I've made bad choices. I've fallen. I don't trust my decisions. Maybe that's you saying, God, I need the mind of Christ. I need you, Lord, to help me. Maybe for some, it's also saying, um, God's prompting you to do more in ministry. But God, I have so much on my plate. How can I take on something else? If God's in it, you'll be able to do it. If God's in it, you'll be able to do it. All right? Um, I'm thinking also about maybe it, I need to start to stop being stingy and start being a, more of a giving person. Maybe God has totally blessed you, and you're like, oh, but I'm afraid what, to give got to make a choice. got to make a decision. Or number four, move. God, I want to move. I want to move, but this is such a safe place, I think. It's very comfortable where I'm at right now, God. 
What are you going to ask me to do? Lord, I'm afraid. I'm paralyzed. I'm frozen. Maybe in relationships with your spouse, you're frozen. You, you can't seem to, you're hitting a wall. You can't seem to get over. Um, we were praying today about, about relationships, relationships that are on the brink, that there's some struggles there. God, we need to, I need you to move, God, in my life. Yes, I want you to move. I need to move. What's that going to look like? I need to connect with God. I need to tap into his power supply. Right? I am tired of being stuck. I'm tired of being stuck, God. I went out of this quicksand, and I want to move forward with you. So what's God tugging at inside of you? What are you feeling there? If I struck a chord with you, that's not me. That's God tugging at your heart today. So as Enoch closes um, service and, and worship, um, we're going to have a prayer time like we always do every Sunday. And so I'm asking you, if, uh, if you feel like something that God's telling you is tugging at your heart, um, you can come up to this altar. Kinda, uh, this is an altar where we just leave things here. We give them to God. We release them. We drop the luggage and say, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to walk out of here carrying my bags with me that I brought in. I'm going to walk out of here a little bit lighter today. You come up to the altar and people will pray for you. There's people on a prayer team that are trained, that are ready to pray with you and agree with you. Folks, let's be doer of the word. Let's be doers of the word. Decide to respond to Jesus today, what he's speaking to you. All right, so I want you to, what, you know, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Stand up, take your mat.